Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law. And today we are discussing some industry trends in entertainment, media, and sports. We've got uh, three or four topics we're going to talk about today. There's there's more than that uh, that is going on, but in terms of high-level uh, execution on this, we'll, we'll look at it from the most common trends. And uh, today is Monday, November 25th. And again, this is Believe in Sports Law. This is episode uh, 21. So uh, we're moving right along, and uh, we've got Thanksgiving coming up here on uh, Thursday this week, so wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving out there. And of course, uh, holidays coming up as well before the Christmas and uh, and the New Year. So excited about all that. Well, so again, today's topic is really about cutting out the middleman, and uh, specifically the inter- entertainment media sports trend of going direct to consumer and seeing more profit participation amongst. Uh, the sports industry. So we'll break that down a little bit. But in, in, in one way, this is sort of in a, in a funny way, this is kind of like Kawhi Leonard talks about, uh, board man gets paid. Because we're seeing a sort of trend, in, especially the sports space, where the folks who are down the line, the folks who are not necessarily the star talent, uh, are getting paid. And we're seeing a lot more of that going on. So the first example is the uh, European tour caddies reaching a uh, sponsorship agreement. So normally caddies are paid by the golfers or in some other fashion, right? And uh, what the tour is doing in Europe, and we'll see if the the American counter- counterpart, the Association of Professional Tour Caddies, or APTC, will follow suit on this. But be, uh, beginning in be, uh, 2020, the European caddies will be able to take a percentage of the sponsorship monies that are secured by the tour. So this will obviously allow those caddies to make some guaranteed money. And then, of course, this is on the heels of the NFL and Major League Baseball Players Association uh, putting together a uh, venture, uh, LLC's type of uh, company, that is going to go out and license name and image and likeness uh, for video gaming opportunities for the athletes that play in the NFL and Major League Baseball. This is something that's normally done on an individual level, so it's nice to see that collectively these folks are coming together to potentially get some better deals or at least uh, secure some rights there for some of these players. And then, of course, this is in addition to the NCAA in California with regard to allowing college athletes to make a profit off of their name, image, and likeness, specifically the California Fair Pay to Play Act, which we've talked about on this show. Then the NCAA's subsequent decision following that saying that that folks would be able to, uh, college students would be able to profit off of their image when they were in school. And that regulatory model has not been set out yet, but again, just highlighting the fact that these are all things that are currently going on. So again, sort of the number one sort of trend there is European tour caddies uh, reaching a sponsorship uh, agreement, which is, which is you know, a big deal, historically speaking. And then uh, looking at the Olympics coming up in Tokyo uh, this summer in 2020, the International Olympic Committee is now out allowing its athletes to benefit from a direct Olympic sponsorship agreement with Airbnb. 
And so the deal there is, is that these athletes will go out and essentially sell experiences or, you know, fans will go online and buy these experiences where they get to hang out with, you know, a uh, Olympic athlete for, you know, a couple hours or a day, whatever the price that's paid or whatever the, the offer is. And then they'll be able to do that for, uh, for that sort of set period of time. And then the Olympic athlete will essentially take a percentage of, um, or whatever the deal is that they brokered percentage or all of it or whatever it may be uh, with regard to the experience. It's the first time that I've ever heard of this happening. Normally the Olympic athletes are very much restricted. They can get individual licensing or sponsorship deals or endorsement deals or whatever it might be, but uh, they're sort of limited on how they promote that with the Olympics and the Olympic name being trademarked and all that. So this is the first time that I've seen the IOC coming together with a third-party brand that includes the Olympic athletes themselves. So very fascinating. And then, of course, the third piece in all of this is the uh, streaming aspect. So when you're looking at some of the streamers in the entertainment space, um, you know, the Netflixes, the Hulus, the Disney Pluses, the Apple Pluses, the HBO Maxes, and the Peacocks, of course, HBO Max and Peacock are not out yet, but those iterations coming from AT&T, Time Warner, and NBC, Universal, Comcast is, um, you know, those will be coming out here pretty soon, I believe in the spring, at least for HBO Max. So as those companies have really been dominating or entering, entering the space, people have sort of speculated about, you know, where this might be headed, you know, where are we going with this? And what we're seeing is that these streamers are more and more attempting to go direct to consumer, meaning that it's over the top, meaning that there's no cable box required. You essentially have your internet service and you're immediately getting access to content. And then of course, the major players in this, in terms of the folks who help deliver that are your internet service providers, your ISPs, AT&T, Spectrum, Cox, and Charter. And then, of course, we also have the platform digital television devices like your Amazon Prime, Fire Stick, your Roku's, your Google Com Chromecast, and, of course, um, even Xbox in some sense. And what's normally happened is, or at least kind of what's been the trend and what it's moving into, is these streamers are having to use these third-party intermediaries, middlemen, so to speak, to reach those folks. And so the idea is, is that maybe either the trend is, is that the streamers will look to try to move away from that by either purchasing uh, a sort of internet service provider company or getting purchased by such company. AT&T is an example of this, purchasing Time Warner and having the HBO Max uh, uh, streamer platform. And then, uh, of course, the other aspect to this is looking at folks who have brokered deals with mobile carriers. So your Disney Pluses and Verizon, Sprint and Hulu, and then, of course, the T-Mobile and Netflix. So the whole point here is gaining in subscribers, getting more people to check out your content. And again, you know, content is king, but distribution is queen, as Jonathan Perlman would say. But the, the interesting point here is, is that uh, these streamers are sort of having to rely on these uh, third-party folks and sort of see how that plays out over the next uh, few years here. But there's definitely been a trend towards um, 
you know, pushing towards getting rid of the middleman or finding ways to get along. Now, of course, one of the problems with these relationships is that, you know, generally it's all about money and control, right? And the internet service provider probably wants to have its advertisements and sort of its control over things, as do the studios and as do the streamers. And, and, and even with the sports content, with living, uh, streaming live sports content, so or live sports matches, rather. And so there's obviously there's a constant battle there when we're looking at uh, who gets to control what and where certain content is going to be shown. And so one thing to follow and one thing I encourage everybody to follow is sort of how these ISPs, Internet Service Providers, and digital television devices like Amazon and Roku sort of control that space and you know what are they charging and you know how expensive is it what's the what's the the deal split you know is it 70-30 is it 50-50 is it 60-40 that sort of thing so looking at some of those those uh, aspects and of course a few additional pieces here uh, NBC is a part of its launch of Peacock its new streaming platform uh, is looking to potentially present some of its Olympic content in Tokyo through its streaming platform, uh, Peacock. So that's going to be fascinating to see how that develops. Leadership has been um, somewhat uh, silent on this, which makes sense because they're trying to figure out what their next steps are and whether they have the capacity to do it. And of course, with existing you know television rights deals, but I think ultimately what we're going to see with Peacock is specifically with the Olympics is that we're going to see that the folks who use Peacock will still have to access Olympic content through having a traditional sort of cable box or linear television model where you have the Peacock platform, but you're watching, you know, linear television through it, right? Because the, the commercials and everything else are so important in that space. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but again, something to keep in mind. And then, of course, this is all following as well the uh, National Basketball Association of Major League Baseball adopting and considering more direct-to-consumer streaming watch options. Now, this is something that seems almost sort of impossible with the you know, last five years, but what folks are seeing with regard to the NBA and Major League Baseball is sort of this idea of losing a fan base and where do you reach people. And so Major League Baseball especially has an aging population in terms of folks who like to watch the sport, whereas the NBA is, is, is sort of kept up with the times more. But both of those leagues are looking for ways to reach more consumers, and of course that can be done through streaming. So it's very well likely that we're going to see the streaming platforms start hosting some live sports content to reach more people. And of course, uh, brokering deals with mobile carriers and sort of seeing how all of that plays out is, is just a, it's a fascinating thing of where we're at right now, where we sort of have these two uh, dichotomies, so the dichotomy going against each other, meaning that on one hand, we see a lot of these platforms with regard to entertainment content kind of sticking their walls up and saying, hey, we're, we're only going to distribute on our platform. We're going to not license our content to other, other folks, other streaming platforms. But on the other hand, we're also seeing a lot of sort of this golden age of content where people have access to so much content and for generally a really inexpensive price. I mean, you could get 
a Netflix and a Disney Plus and an Apple Plus and HBO Max and a Hulu with either the existing deals that you can get them for, either ranging from $4.99 a month to $14.99 a month to whether you you know get it for free through you know Sprint or one of your mobile carriers or through a bundle you know and of course with all the consolidation going on in the industry you know we're sort of seeing these two different things going on whereas one people are sort of siloing what they're doing but on the other hand they're also coming more together uh, through consolidation or through bundling and so it's it, it's again a fascinating sort of time that we're living in and sort of seeing how all these things are going to play out is going to be very interesting. So to recap, where we're at is we're seeing three trends in the entertainment, media, and sports space. Namely, that we're seeing direct-to-consumer. We're seeing streamers go direct-to-consumer and bypassing the middleman and looking for ways to add bundles and looking for ways to consolidate. And again, the whole point here is to reach more customers. They want more subscribers. They want more eyeballs on their content and they want folks to spend more time on their platforms because ultimately that means that folks get, uh, those platforms can sell more advertisements because they can show that they have X eyeballs on content for this amount of time. And of course that means, you know, money and gold, so to speak, for uh, some of these platforms and for these advertisers. And then uh, two examples in the sports industry of sort of seeing profit participation amongst uh, two groups of folks that normally haven't gotten it. And that's caddies, uh, student athletes, and of course, Olympic athletes. And so with the caddies, it was reaching a sponsorship deal to where they're allowed to capitalize on some sponsorships that, that the European tour secures. And of course, whether this transfers across the pond over to the American side with American caddies or traditionally in a uh, caddy industry that has not sort of had a stable financial industry. And then, of course, looking at the NCAA and California rules with regard to student athletes getting paid. And then, of course, the NFL, Major League Baseball, setting up a venture to allow its players to profit on video gaming with regard to their name, image, and likeness. And that's something that's normally done on an individual level. Then we have Olympic athletes who are uh, going to be participating in a deal with IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and uh, Airbnb. And those, those uh, Olympic athletes giving experiences that they're basically selling to fans and other folks. I imagine mostly fans will be doing that. And then uh, probably sharing some of that stuff on social media. And then, of course, uh, the streamers, again, as we mentioned, you know, sort of look at consolidation and, and where that industry is going to be going. So uh, these are all positive things, I, I you know, I, I think or we think and, you know, people getting paid and, um, you know, sort of spreading, uh, you know, spreading the love around, so to speak, and, and, and uh, doing it because the folks are putting in the hard work. And so, again, some very cool trends. Uh, one thing to keep our minds on as we move forward is how these streamers um, get around the middleman, the internet service providers, and the uh, digital television devices like like the Amazon Fire Stick, or whether, or whether they just don't even try that and they just continue down the path, or maybe diversifying, looking for many different ways to reach consumers, which is probably the best, uh, and, and investing in general. Um, and then, of course, what other groups of sports professionals may this sort of profit participation uh, aspect hit? And so, again, 
some interesting trends that we're seeing, and we look forward to uh, seeing how that plays out. So uh, that's the end of this week's episode. This is episode 21, season one for Believe in Sports Law, and I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.